Hello and welcome back to the TTPA, Tatani Talks Pirkei Avos, the year where we talk a Mishnah of Pirkei Avos per day with sagely commentary and practical advice to say. We are in Perak Aleph, Mishnah Tet. We are looking at 1.9 here in Season 5 with the commentary of the Sforno and the translation and explanations of Rabbi Raphael Palkovitz. So let's see what's happening here in one nine, Shimon ben Shetach Omer. Shimon ben Shetach says, "Have a lamar be lacha korasa edim." Interrogate the witnesses extensively. Vehevi zahir be devarecha. Be cautious with your words. Shema mitochem yilmedu l'shaker, lest God forbid they learn to lie. So when you're dealing with people, especially court cases, you're dealing with people you don't know the full story, maybe it would be wise to interrogate them extensively. Maybe it would be wise to find the full story before you jump to conclusions, excuse me, before you assume something. Don't assume anything because they say it makes a blank out of you and me. You got to make sure to Really interrogate people, really discuss with people, make sure to really get to the root of the matter. A lot of times we don't know the story, we don't go, know what's going on behind closed doors, we don't know the chapters of the book, we only see the cover of the story, we only see the top of the story, we don't really understand what's going on. We need to make sure to have all of the facts, all of the details, and that's not just in the court case, but in life. You know, our spouse comes home three hours, never answer their phone, never answer their messages. Before you unleash your fury on them, maybe talk to them and ask them what happened. Our kid comes home and their shoes are missing, their backpack are missing. You just spent $85 on new stuff for the new school year and it's missing. Where did it go? Before you lash out at them, before you react and shout and scream at them, take a pause interrogate them fully, but not an interrogation, discuss it with them, interact with them, maybe find out what's going on. Maybe there was a really poor student at school who was missing all these things and they felt so bad that they gave it to them. Maybe there is another side to the story. Try to understand extensively what's going on before you jump on them. Be cautious with your words. When you release your words, you can never take them back. Like the famous story of the guy who goes to the rabbi, he says, I want to do tshuva for Lashon Hara, speaking evil about people. The rabbi says, go open a pillow with feathers, release the feathers, and then come back to me. The guy comes back to him, and the rabbi says, go catch all those feathers. And the guy says, it's impossible, rabbi, the feathers are gone. So the rabbi says, so too your words are gone. You can't get them back. You can't take them back. That's why you have to be so careful with your words. Think twice, think four times before you speak, and you will not understand if you're really saying what you're supposed to be saying. It's better to be considered a fool than to open your mouth and prove it to people, the saying goes. Something like that, the saying goes. Be very cautious with your words. Be very careful with your words. And also, when people learn from you, when people hear from you, when people you know, interact with you or talk with you, make sure that they don't learn to lie. Make sure you're saying the truth as much as you know. If you don't know something, say, I don't know. I'm not sure. Rashi, the ultimate, ultimate mephorish on the Torah, sometimes says, I don't know. My heart tells me, like by the aphode, he saw like this prince and princess riding around, and he said, this is what I think it was. But, you know, Rashi wasn't too abashed, too ashamed to say, I don't know. If Rashi, the great Rashi, could say that, Allah has come of a comma, how much more so, we should say, I don't know. I really don't know. My kids ask me something I don't know. I should I don't make up and lie and say something 
I say, I don't know, maybe this, maybe that. And sometimes I try to explain things in different ways. I might have to, you know, go about it in a certain way, but if I don't know, I don't know. We say, I don't know. And if we have students, we have people we interact with, people we teach or people we, we interact with, make sure to be careful with your words and you want to know the truth of the matter, try to get to the root of the matter to try to really figure out what's going on. Let's see what Sfarno says. He addressed all these cautionary statements to the judges in order to prevent a repetition of the incident involving his own son who was executed by order of the court on the basis of testimony that he had committed murder. The witnesses themselves ultimately contradicted each other were proven to be unreliable. See, Talmud Yerushalmi Sanhedrin, this is talking about Shimon ben Shetach himself. What a terrible story. We should never know from such things. The notes point out, the Talmud in Yerushalmi Sanhedrin relates that Rabbi Shimon Meshetach's son was falsely accused of murder by the relatives of a certain group of witches who had been put to death by Shimon Meshetach. On the basis of this testimony, his son was sentenced to death by the court. Moments before the execution was to take place, one of the false witnesses recanted. Technically, however... The witness's react, retraction had no legal validity, and even though Rabbi Shimon wanted to stop the execution, his son would not permit it. How tragic, how terrible, how sad. Rabbi Shimon's son felt that making an exception in his case would set a dangerous precedent, for according to the law, only two witnesses may affect a legal decision, a principle that Rabbi Shimon had always championed. Now, had the court initially examined the witnesses properly, they would have never issued the sentence against Rabbi Shimon's son to begin with. For this compelling reason, he strongly exhorts the judges to carefully interrogate the witnesses and to be extremely cautious in their cross-examination in order to prevent a similar miscarriage of justice. You've got to be very careful with your words, very careful with finding the root of the matter. We don't want anything like that ever happening, God forbid. We want to know the real aspect of the matter, the real underlying factors of the matter. Make sure to really understand all aspects, especially when you're talking with spouse, with kids, with friends, especially when you're using your words. Be very cautious with them, especially when people learn from you. Make sure they're learning the truth. Join us next time as we talk about loving work here on the TTPA. And I'm your host, Tani.